Welcome to East Brainerd, everybody. We are thankful that you are here. For those of you who are watching online, we are grateful to have you be a part of, of this time of praise and worship, and I hope that you are being uplifted, and I hope that you're enjoying the, man, the cooler temperatures. Did, did you guys love it? And this is the best time of the year. Now, I know for some of you, I mean, you wish it was like 85, and I know you wish that you were at the beach, but I'm not that way. I love it when you go outside in the morning and the windshield is frosted over. Don't you just love that, right? And when you're driving down the road and all everything looks dead, I mean, isn't that great? Yeah, and then it's cloudy all the time. Isn't that a wonderful feeling? I mean, it just makes you go, whoo, wonderful time of the year. Hey, I love it though. I, I do. I really like Christmas time. I like this season. It's just, it truly is a wonderful time. And I, I love to be, I love to be surprised at Christmas. Okay, I love to be surprised, especially when it comes to any gifts that might be under the tree that would have my name on it. See, I like to be surprised by gifts. Now, I understand that there are some of you who like to go and buy your own Christmas presents, right? How many of you do that? Show of hands, how many people in here, you go buy your own gift, wrap it up, and put it under the tree, okay? Now, you can call that Christmas if you want to, all right? And you can, you can have that be your Christmas, and may God have mercy on your soul if that's how you feel. But I like to be surprised. I don't want to know what perhaps is coming to me at Christmas. Now, I, I understand that, that that means that I might not then receive the gift that I want, right? Like the crocheted house shoes that Mama Verler made for me one year. Now, they were stitched with love, but they were crocheted house shoes. But surprise, it was still great and it was still Christmas. And I remember one present that was, I remember one present under the tree, um, and it was one of those that was so big that in order to get it there, you know those presents that you have to lift the branches up to slide it under the tree? Oh, those are the good ones, right? I mean, the, the, the tree is just bulging. It's trying to hide the gift, but it's really difficult to. Well, one of those was under the tree one year as I was growing up, but my name was not on it. The present was actually for my mother. And she had been dropping hints about a new ring that she wanted, and it appeared that Dad had found a large box that he was able to hide her Christmas surprise in. At least that's what my mom thought. So Christmas morning arrives, and she is all bright-eyed. We all are. We're passing around the gifts, and finally the last one is, is pulled out from underneath the tree, and the branches fall back down, able to have their free reign of the room, and the box is pushed up to my mother. She begins to tear the paper away to reveal in large letters, Electrolux. I thought, my dad, he is so creative. He has found a vacuum cleaner box to use as subterfuge. And my mom, she had the same thought in her mind. She was going to be able to open this big box and, and, and go through all the paper in there somewhere in the bottom was going to be this little tiny box that was going to have her ring in it, except it wasn't. There was no ring in the box, but there was a really nice vacuum cleaner. There was. And now look, to my dad's defense, it was top of the line. I mean, it was a, it was a good, it was a good vacuum cleaner. It, it was. He really outdid himself. And he has yet to live down that Christmas surprise. 
You know, so many of our Christmas stories end in surprise. It's that gift that's underneath the tree. It's the, it's the family member that you didn't expect, that you had not seen, that, that shows up and to enjoy Christmas morning with you. It's that unprepared for kiss that happens under the mistletoe. Surprises accent the best of our Christmas narratives. So we should not be surprised that when it comes to the most famous Christmas story of all, well, there are unexpected twists and turns that are found. So here's what I want us to do this morning. We're going to go to a very familiar place in Scripture. It's in Matthew. It's your New Testament, the first book that's there. It's in the very first chapter. And I want us to walk through a Christmas surprise together. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. It says, This is how Joseph the, or Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now weddings are one of those few cross-cultural events that everyone can understand. No matter the century or the continent, when it comes to preparing for a wedding, the thoughts that a wedding is going to be taking place, well, everybody gets excited. Everybody starts hustling around, and there are all these plans that are made. It's a really fun time. It's the same now as, as it would have been then, even though it would have looked completely different, but there still would have been excitement around the idea that a wedding was taking place. But here's the twist. Here's the surprise. Before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now what comes next is maybe one of the most important things that I'll share with you this entire month. And it's this. The very thing that will impact your life the most is the very thing that you never see coming. The thing that will impact your life, the thing that will make you pivot, the thing that will make everything change to make you stop and go in a completely different direction that you never have planned for, well, it's that thing you never see coming. It's the pregnancy, the layoff. It's the divorce. It's the sickness. It's the death. It's this virus. And then you find yourself saying things like this. This cannot be happening, right? I mean, how many times have you said that already in 2020? I mean, it's like the Jelly of the Month Club. 2020 has just been the gift that just keeps on giving. Because the COVID pandemic has forced you to accept cancellations and, and lockdowns. You've been putting on masks and social distancing and enduring toilet paper shortages. It's actually why I think Auburn is losing so much this year. We're trying to save toilet paper for the rest of you guys. At least that's what I keep telling myself every Saturday. I don't know what Tennessee's doing, but that's what Auburn's doing. We're, we're, saving, we're saving toilet paper. You know, just when you think that it can't get any worse, you get that call about your mom or about your dad. You get that letter about the overdue account. You get, you get that message about your son's accident at school. You know, a lot of you started out 2020, and, and you look like this right here. And, man, you were fresh, and you were excited, and this was a new year, and this was going to be great. But now that we come to the end of it, you look like this. <laughs> I mean, you're trying to do the best you can. You're trying to hang in there, right? 
And, and I know, and for some of you, you thought, man, 2020, hey, I, I'm going to be cute and I'm going to be cuddly. And, and this is going to be, again, a great year and I've got everything that I want out in front of me. But you've had to adapt and you've had to get tough and you've had to get strong. And that's good because now you look like this. You, you've changed, right? You've had to change. Well, our story says that Joseph was engaged to Mary, and he was a righteous man. He conformed to God's standard. He sought God's direction. He wasn't perfect, but he, but he did things the right way. He didn't cut corners, and he didn't go and step over lines. I mean, he was righteous, but here's the deal. Righteousness did not guarantee smooth sailing. His righteousness did not mean that, hey, nothing bad's going to happen. You're not going to have to deal with anything, and everything's just going to be great. Now, does that bother anybody? And it's okay to be honest and say, you know what? I got a problem with that because, look, we're at church, and you can be honest at church, right? I mean, can't you? You can tell the truth. Shouldn't, I don't know, shouldn't being on Team Jesus make things go easier? It makes sense, right? I mean, you worship the creator of the universe. There should be some perks, nothing too big, just some fewer headaches, less heartaches. You know, I think we understand all too well the condition of the writer Asaph's heart when in Psalm 73 he lamented, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? He wrote, I, I get nothing but trouble all day long and every morning brings me pain. I mean, it's like he's sitting at some of your kitchen table. It's like he's listening in to your, to your phone call. He's reading your mail. And you have this feeling where it's like, Lord, look, I know I am on your side. I'm just not sure if you're on mine. But Joseph was a righteous man. But he's in a real pickle. He's in a pickle because the woman that he has pledged to marry is pregnant and she's telling him some wild story about she has not been unfaithful to him. In fact, God has been faithful to them. I mean, who is going to believe this? That, hey, look, I love you and we're going to be a family and it's a miracle. I mean, people talk. And Joseph knows what they're going to say. He knows the rumors that are coming. He knows the judgment. He knows the scandal. But he's a righteous man. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decides to break the engagement quietly. And while he's considering this, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Now, when you look out throughout Scripture, you are hard-pressed to find one follower of God who was not asked at some point in time to commit themselves to an action that truly scared them to death. I mean, over and over again, God would surprise some man or woman, and he would call them to begin some course that was uncharted and whose ending was uncertain. And more often than not, what God would ask of them was just plain crazy. And Joseph knew these stories. And you know these stories. You know the story of a man named Noah who was told to go build a huge boat out in the desert. You know about a sheep herder who was called by God to go and deliver a nation. 
You know about Joshua, who was called to conquer a territory. You know about Rahab, who was asked to turn her brothel into a hideout. You know about Gideon, who was told to go into a battle, only having a, a torch and a bucket and a trumpet. You know the story about a mother who was told to use the very last oil that she had in order to make bread. And you know the story of a father who was told to take the one and only son that he loved and sacrifice him on an altar where God would tell him. See, Joseph knew these stories. And now he was being asked to add his name to the long list of individuals who would take God at his word. But before he could act, he had to be reminded that we should never be afraid to engage in acts of extraordinary trust. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do what God says. Don't be afraid to put God first. Don't be afraid to put God's wisdom into action. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This was a woohoo moment. And in verse 24, it says that when Joseph woke up, he didn't go pour himself a stiff drink. He didn't go to the medicine cabinet and say, I've got to find something. It says that he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. Friends, Christmas is a reminder to trust God even when our story does not make sense. He did what the Lord commanded. See, so much of our story is going to come down to one very simple question. Do I believe God? Do I believe God? See, how you answer that question has the potential to radically change the outcome of your story. Do I really believe God? So you didn't get the job that you applied for. You didn't get into the school that you wanted to get into. Do you believe that God will still work on your behalf? Do you believe that good things can still come to your life? Maybe you struggle with generosity and giving just isn't easy. And like the majority of the people in here, you, you have difficulty when it comes to being greedy or being selfish. But do you believe in God? Do you believe that God says it's more blessed to give than to receive? Do you believe God when he says, look, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Instead, you lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Do you believe God? Do you believe that God knows best for your marriage? Do you believe that God knows best for your life? What's best for you? Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God accepts you? Do you believe that God forgives you? Or do you believe what the world says about you and what culture says? Do you believe your own intuition? Who is it that you believe? Do you believe God? Now look, understand, faith is not believing that God is going to do whatever you ask him to do. Sometimes we get this confused and we think, you know what? If I just keep asking God enough, God's going to say, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. And I should have come around a long time ago, and I should have given you exactly what it is that, that you want. That's not faith. Biblical faith is believing that God will do what he said he would do. And that God can do whatever he wants to do. It's why Matthew would remind his readers that all of the things that happened there in chapter 1 happened to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Where the prophet wrote, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Joseph 
Well, he did what he was asked to do. He fulfilled his responsibility to Mary. He continues to prepare a home for his bride. He endured the ridicule. He accepted the scorn. And then one day comes that a census is going to be taken throughout the entire Roman Empire. And everyone must return to the home of their ancestry. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, well, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. And so he begins to go to David's ancient home. And he travels there from Nazareth to Galilee. And he takes Mary, who he was engaged to, and who was expecting a child. And then while they were there, the time came for the child to be born. And I want you to try to picture in your mind the moonlit pastures and the stars that are twinkling above and Bethlehem is sparkling off there in the distance. And there he is pacing outside the stable. I mean, he had done everything to get it all right and to make Mary as comfortable as possible. And now he just has to step outside and he just has to have a little conversation with God. And I, I picture this I, I picture that he's very animated and maybe he's even, you know, yelling one minute and he's shaking his fist at heaven the next as he offers up a conversation. Maybe we can imagine what it would have been like. Perhaps he said, you know what, God, this is not what I had planned. This is not what I wanted at all. My child being born in a stable, it's not the way it should be. A cave with sheep and donkeys and hay and straw, my wife giving birth with only the stars to hear her pain. This is not how I imagined it. I wanted grandmothers, and I wanted all the people of Nazareth, and I expected the midwife to hand me the baby, and then everybody would slap me on the back. All Nazareth would celebrate. This is how I pictured it. That's how I thought it would be. But now Nazareth is five days away, and here we are in a sheep pasture, and who's going to celebrate with me? These sheep? The stars? What kind of husband am I? I can't even get my wife a bed to rest her back. Her pillow is a blanket from my donkey. The house that I have her in is just a shed of hay and straw. And the smell and the noise. Did I miss something? And maybe, maybe he says, God, I'm not accustomed to surprises. I mean, I'm a carpenter after all. And I like things to fit. I square off the edges. I follow the plumb line. I measure twice, so I only have to cut once. Surprises are not my friend. I like to have a plan. I like to see the plan worked out in front of me. But this time I'm not the builder. This time I'm not the one that comes up with the plan. I'm only a tool. I'm a hammer that's in your grip. I'm the nail between your finger. I'm just a chisel in your hands. And the project, well, it's not mine. The child is yours, the plan is yours, the idea is yours. I don't understand. Did Joseph ever pray, pray a prayer like that? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But you have, haven't you? You've stood where Joseph stood. You've been caught between what God says and what makes sense. You've done what you were told only to wonder if it was actually him speaking in the first place. And you've asked what Joseph asked. You, you've asked if you're still on the right road. You've asked, God, should I have turned right instead of turning left? I, I don't know. You've asked about the plan and if there was any, any future for you. Things have just not turned out like you thought it would. This is not where you saw yourself at the end of 2020. 
And each of us knows what it's like to search the night for light. Not outside a stable, but maybe perhaps outside an emergency room. On the steps of a courthouse. On the gravel of a roadside. At the green grass of a manicured cemetery. We've all asked questions, and we've all at one time, I'm sure, questioned God's plan. And we wonder, why does God do what he does? Why all the surprises? And if you've ever asked what Joseph asked, let me urge you to do what Joseph did. Obey. That's what he did. He obeyed. He obeyed when the angel called. He obeyed when Mary explained. He obeyed when God sent. He was obedient to God. He was obedient when the sky was bright, and he was obedient when the sky was dark. He didn't know everything, but he did what he knew. And friends, Christmas is a reminder for us not to allow all of our confusion to disrupt our obedience. You can't see the full picture. And if you could see it, you would definitely not have put it in your 2020 family photo album, would you? But just like Joseph, you have a choice to obey or to disobey. Joseph had the task of to make sure that Jesus was brought into the world. And we have a similar task. God used him to change the world because of his obedience. And I really believe that God can do the same thing with us because God is still looking for some Josephs. He's looking for some men, for some women who believe that God is not through with this world, that God is not through with them. And I just wonder, are you going to be that kind of person? Will you serve even when you do not understand? Now look, I know that there are going to be questions about this year that God is not going to provide answers for. And you can be sure that Joseph had some lingering questions that he had never had answered. But God has answered the most important question. And that's when people ask, God, are you even here? And then a baby cries. A baby cries and the answer comes, yes, Joseph, I'm here. I'm with you. Chris, I'm here. I'm with you. Elizabeth, I'm here. I'm with you. Mark, I'm here. I'm with you. See, Christmas is a reminder that God is with us in the midst of life's surprises. There's so many questions about our lives that we won't be able to answer until we get home. There's so many surprises. There's so much uncertainty. But in all of our wonderings, there's one question that we never have to ask. God, are you here? And the surprise of Christmas in the small face of a stable-born baby says yes. So friends, every time, every time this month that you see a tree covered in lights, every time you see presents big or small hiding under the tree, every, every time you see a manger scene, every time you hear someone say Merry Christmas or, or Happy Holidays, allow God to use that moment to remind you, surprise, I'm still here. I'm still with you. Nothing has changed. And then why not surprise yourself this Christmas? 
Oh, not with a present that you go out and buy and wrap up and put under the tree and then go, how did you know? Surprise yourself with a faith that is unafraid to take God at his word. And then you go out and engage in an act of extraordinary trust. You know, normally at this time, we, we sing together and we encourage individuals, look, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to come down and, and we will um, announce that request. Or individuals who would like to be baptized for the remission of their sins, we, we say, look, we want you to come and make your confession that Jesus is the Son of God. But because of COVID protocols that we have in place, we, we, we don't, have not been doing that over the last few months. But we want you to know that we do have in our lobby a prayer room. And in that prayer room will be one of our elders, one of our, scripture refers to them as shepherds, our spiritual leaders here. And if you were looking for someone that would be willing to pray with you because of something that's going on in your life, you'd like to talk with someone privately, you'll have the opportunity to do that in a socially distant way. If you have a request to make, uh, you can do so at that time. We have a couple of our elders who are here today who'd be glad to, one of them will be back there in that prayer room. And be glad to spend time to spend time with you. We are going to kind of begin to wrap things up with a song. We're going to sing The King of My Heart, and then we'll close out in prayer together. Friends, we're so thankful that you're here. We hope that our time together has been enjoyable. We hope it's been encouraging, and we hope that you have a lot of surprises this Christmas, but that the main surprise that you have is, again, being reminded that God is truly with us. So let's sing about the king of my heart, and then we'll close things out in prayer. Chad?